passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. And BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 252. So honestly, I thought it would be weird at first, but I actually love it because I get to meet people. Like, it's really cool people traveling from all around the world, yeah. right? So I, I just had a, a woman from Germany stay in my place, a couple from Australia. So I'm meeting like awesome people. And I, it's my favorite part. I actually love it. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What's going on, man? That's my name. Don't wear it out. You, <laughs> Yeah, that's great. That's great. So you're sick, right? I am only in the head yeah, and in the throat because I have sound, a cold. You sound, you sound, <laughs> sound like an old, like an old lady who smoked like 70 years of her life. <laughs> uh, I'm like that lady today. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, had a, uh, had a little snowball fight with my kids yesterday, which wasn't like 80 degrees, like two days ago. Yeah. So this is, this is how it went Story down. It was, it was 80 degrees for, you know, for a while. And then, 
it was 80 by like three in the afternoon by midnight. It was snowing. That's crazy. That was insane. That was insane. Forced me to go buy an air compressor because I hadn't blown out my, my sprinklers and, and had to learn how to blow out my sprinklers, which is, is not that hard by the way. But yeah, man, I, I had, I don't know. It's, it's weird as a parent, there's certain moments in your life that, that you'll notice. And I had a moment yesterday that just caught me. I, I had a snowball fight with, with two of my three girls and I noticed that the three of us, I was having more fun in this snowball fight than I had had in months. Like I was giggling. I was laughing. I was cracking up. I was so happy. I was in such a good place. It felt so good. You know, that, that, that's what life's about, man. Trying to yeah. find those places and trying to have as many of those as possible. So that and was awesome. And that's why we do what we do at bigger pockets, right? Like, right. Like, right. I, like Josh and I, like, I, you know, like we've been doing this, what, like four and a half years now? Like Most we both, like, yeah. yeah, we both know. I mean, even though we spend a lot of time working on bigger pockets stuff, we both know what financial freedom's like, like the ability to, you don't have to do what you want. You can spend those times with the kids. You can spend those time doing that. Like, and like, we just want to communicate that to everybody else. Like you can do this. Like, and yeah. I believe real estate's probably the single best way to get there, you know, but there's a, you know, if you don't like real estate, go do business or, you know, go sell Girl Scout cookies or whatever. But like, Work towards it. Live productively. Out cookies as a path to financial <laughs> independence. I would love to see somebody. Oh my gosh, I'm sure accomplish that. I'm I'm sure it's possible. I'm yeah, it's called the Girl Scouts of America. Yeah, actually, they make a lot of money. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, yeah, go, you know, live proactively, pursue financial freedom. So when you have kids, or maybe you already have kids, or maybe you have grandkids coming up, like you can spend that time with them and not have some boss telling you, no, you can't go, you can't do this, you can't do this. So get yeah. out there, hustle, do it. And awesome. that is today's quick tip. Quick tip. You like that? That was that was a quick tip. That is a quick tip. But uh, it is also what 30 days into uh, yeah, the this, 90 day challenge. The official quick tip is yeah, we are 30 days in roughly into the 90 day challenge, which we hosted a month ago. I hosted a special podcast. There's 60 days left in yeah, the year. There's 60 days left in the year, which means if you're trying to do a big goal by the end of the year, take a look at your goals right now, say where am I? Am I on track? And if not, you know, step on the gas and get there. And if uh, if you're ahead of pace and double your goal. So 60 nice. days left. Crush awesome. it. Awesome. 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 Cool, man. Well, Today we we've got a cool show today. I, I'm 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 excited about this. You know, t- today's show is not going to appeal to everybody. I, I do think this is more of a newbie slash millennial show. Uh, to be fair, all right. So, like, what's a millennial? Is like thirty? Am I a millennial at thirty-two? I actually think it's thirty-five and under is technically what it is. But I, I I'd say you could you could qualify for this one based on mentality alone. I get trophies well, just for participating. <laughs> yes, 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 you do. Yes, you uh, do. All right. So yeah, anybody under like who's younger ish, like under 35, probably love this. If you're older, you're going to get a lot out of this too. Cause there's a lot of wisdom uh, in our guest today. He talks about house hacking, talks about frugality, talks about how to make more income. Actually, you know that he talked about this car rental service thingy and like, oh, it's crazy. my mind just is like spinning now, not from, I'm not going to rent out my car necessarily, but like the idea of like, I, like when I travel somewhere, I'm going to totally start doing that. Just renting people's oh, cars. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah. I think it's a cool idea. So anyway, well, yeah. So we've we'll got to kind of life hacking, right? Life I, hacking. I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if the you know, but that that's kind of how we how we look at it. And so yeah, it's it's great, fascinating. And you know, the show is not just for those folks. Like if you're a parent, like you should listen because you know there's some good pearls of wisdom that yeah. you could pass along to your kids or your grandkids, things like that. So. Guys, this is show 252 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 252. Also, we do ask from time to time for your help in spreading the word on the Bigger Pockets podcast. From, so ta- from time to time? Uh, often. I think, um, I, I, from often? 
Uh, okay, eighty percent, give or take, of the shows. Eighty. But it's probably eighty-five or ninety. So we're asking for your help in spreading the word. And and what we want from you is to leave us a rating review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to the show. Leave us a rating review. Let us know how we're doing. Also, if you have never told your friends, your family, your coworkers about the podcast, tell them, share it on social media. This show can change people's lives. We, we see it day in and day out. And you know, if you're finding value, then then let everyone else know. The more people who who can live the life that you want to live and you want your friends and family to live, the better. Yep. So yeah. Is that it, man? Should we should we do this? Let's, Let's do it. Him in. Let's bring him awesome. in. All right, guys. Today's guest is Craig Curlop. Craig is an employee here at Bigger Pockets and team uh, member, Josh. Team member. He is a team member. <laughs> and uh he is house hacking and life hacking and just doing all sorts of really interesting stuff. So let's bring him in. All right, Craig, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you, man. Hey, thanks for being here, man. Dreams really do come true. <laughs> I like how he says master plan. <laughs> I like how he says thanks yeah. for being here. Like this is this is Craig's show, which we all know it is. So, uh, yeah, it is a Craig show. We should actually rename the podcast. I think instead of the Bigger Pockets <laughs> podcast, the Craig podcast. The Craig That's podcast. Cool. It sounds yeah. it's got a nice ring to it. This yeah. is the Craig's podcast show. Nice. To what are we? 52? Yeah, it's 252. Wow. 252. Wow. All right, man. So as we mentioned in the opening, Craig, you work for Bigger Pockets and you are doing all sorts of really interesting stuff for somebody your age. You know, wh- when you told us what you did, which we've dubbed life hacking, um, we're like, we, we got to get this guy on the show so other people can just kind of hear what you're talking about. So let's dive in and and get into this. How, why, what's the story about you and real estate? Like how, how'd you, how did real estate kind of come to mind for you and how'd you begin this journey into this life hacking thing? Yeah. So to be honest, I actually never thought three years ago, if you told me that I was going to be in real estate, I would say you're an absolute liar. You know, I started off. You should watch yourself. <laughs> hey, Everything I'm, I'm, I said before that this is a safe place. Not, not true. Place. Not true anymore. No. <laughs> right. Well, in that case, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> Go t- Grant Cardone times 10. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, so, so I started basically, I, I, I graduated college and I, I was working out in Silicon Valley and, you know, I didn't, I didn't love it. Didn't love the lifestyle or anything like that. It really hit me when it was probably last, last June. And I was, I was with, I was, I had like a girlfriend at the time and we were, you know, we were, it was like a Sunday night and it was the last time I was going to see her for a really long time. And my boss calls me and he basically tells me that, Hey, you got to get this thing out by tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time. And I'm on the West Coast, right? So effectively, I had to get that done tonight. And it was the last time I was going to see this girl for a while. So I felt, I feel like that was kind of like a, like a, like a preview of like the rest of my life if I was going to stay in that field. So from there, I was like, okay, there has to be a better way out. And so I, I looked up real estate basically, right? And Bigger Pockets comes up. And I said, nah, Bigger Pockets is a total sham. No way. This is, this can't be true. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> right. This is, this wow. is my first, my first, my first, uh, thought of real estate. Cause that's kind of my, uh, what I thought of real estate investors before. And so I type in on amazon.com real estate book and the rent, the book on rental property investing comes up. I buy, I buy that book. I read it. And as I was reading it, I noticed that, you know, they were touting bigger pockets all the time. And I was like, oh, if they're touting it in this book, it must be real. It must be legit. So I went on and, and there it goes, you know, it kind of changed my life. I started reading the articles. Brandon, I watched your, a ton of your webinars, nice. listened to the podcast. I didn't, I didn't and, know any of this. This is funny. Yeah, I didn't either. 
Yeah, yeah no, I, I've got like vigorous notes of like 40 of your <laughs> webinars. <laughs> and then I realized that I was, I was writing the same thing over and over and I was like, oh, okay, maybe, yep. maybe I should have stopped at 10 or 20, but you know, it got into my brain. <laughs> That's awesome. And what, what really sealed the deal for me is I, I was in the Bay Area, like I said, and there was this Bay Area summit, which I actually just came back from this past weekend. But last year I went and after listening to those guys and meeting all those people, I kind of you know, lit a fire under my butt and I was like, I'm doing this. It's it. Yep. And so, you know, for the next three or four months, I did my research. I took a little trip. Then I came back from the trip and I applied to 250 jobs that next weekend. And one of them was bigger pockets. Wait, wait, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on a second here. Because when, when I hired you, you led me to believe <laughs> that this was the only job that you applied to. I'm a good actor, aren't I? <laughs> wow. Wow. False pretenses. Jeez, man. Put the past behind us. Uh, but- no, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> but let's, let's dive into this for a second. You, you actually applied to 250 different jobs? I, yeah. I, I was reading Grant Cardone's 10X. My original goal was 25 that weekend, but then I was like, you know, 10X, 250. And so... I, um, you know, honestly, 249 of those were in Florida because I originally thought I wanted to start investing in Florida, but then I saw bigger pockets was hiring for a position that I thought I was qualified for. And I said, you there's wrong. no way to this go. So I got the, <laughs> got the one job I applied for in Denver and you know, here we are today. That's wow. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So you're here, you, you work for BP, um, yep. which is great, but you know, wait, that, wait, that means what do you, nothing. Now he has you, vigorous notes. What do you right? do for B, B, BP in case people are curious? Like what, what is it your role? Yeah. So I'm, I'm the finance guy here. Basically I, you know, I put together the, the model, the financial model, the projections. I'm going to be looking for new revenue opportunities in the next few months, all that kind of stuff. Nice. All the finance stuff. I'm a numbers He's a guy. Finance guy. Numbers guy. Yeah. Good. Well, yeah. we need, we need numbers guy. I know like, I mean, any business like that, like that's not my strong suit. That's not, I don't think that's Josh's strong suit. Like you got to have that guy. So good job. Thank what, you for being here. What is Josh's strong suit? I don't know. I'm wow. still trying to figure wow. that one out. <laughs> oh, damn. We're, we've got a few years trying to figure this out. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're working on it. We're working on wow, it. You, you, you are heeding the advice to go go bold on your boss while you got to <laughs> Look at you, man. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. All right, man. Let's, so let's dive into this, right? You, you've got this job. You just told us the sob story about how you, you know, left San Francisco and you came here to Colorado, which was a good move, by the way. And now what, right? I mean, you, you, you've got 40 webinars worth of vigorous notes. Uh, when do you decide to pull the trigger? Do you pull the trigger? Yeah. So once I moved out here, basically, I had a list of things to do. And, you know, the, the first thing in my list was to buy a property. And so, you know, that, that was like my one thing, as Gary Keller would say. So I, I engaged, I talked to a bunch of agents. I talked to a bunch of lenders, probably about five or six of each, figured out which one would work for me the best. And from there, you know, I had, I had properties coming in every, every day. I was looking at each one, going to see each one. And, and one came across my desk that looked interesting to me. You know, it was a duplex about a mile and a half from the office, completely renovated. So I wouldn't have to do too much work to it. I could focus on the thing I came here to do, which was work for bigger pockets. And I could, I could still house hack it. And so that's kind of what I, you know, I put an offer on it. And I actually got it below listing price in Denver, which for those of you who know the Denver market is kind of unheard of at this time. And yeah, everything went fairly smoothly. All right. For those people, uh, you said the word house hack it. For those people, not a lot of people know what that means, but for those who are, this is the first time hearing that phrase house hacking. What is that? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So house hacking is a, is a term that, that bigger pockets coined, I, I believe. And I think it was Brandon that actually coined it. In fact, I know it was Brandon that coined it. I don't know. Coined I don't know. It. So, 
That, that's why he's telling us to explain it. He wants a little bit of the credit. No, I, I didn't say a word. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to go there. You know, yeah. Josh no, is like so, my wingman. It's great. It, <laughs> we, 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 sh- we share a brand from time to time. From time to yeah. time. Yeah. When intelligent things come out, at least. <laughs> <laughs> that's when, when Brandon says intelligent things, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he, he is good. I, I like this guy. All right. Anyway, All right. so house hacking is what? So house hacking is, is when you when you buy a duplex, triplex, or a small multifamily with a presumably a small down payment loan, such as like a 3.5% FHA, and it's owner-occupied. And so you're living in one unit and renting out the other. So you have some of the tenants helping you out pay your mortgage, or ideally, they are paying your mortgage. So you get to live for free while building equity in the property. And you also gain a lot of that landlording experience and all that kind of stuff. And it's just a, it's a great way to start out as your first property. Love it. All right. All right. So you, I, I liked a lot of what you said, especially the part where you ripped on Brandon, but uh, the, the, the interesting thing you said was when you came out to Colorado, you had a list of things you had to accomplish. And number one on that list was I need to buy a rental property, right? That's, that's great. I think that's the kind of mindset that you need in order to actually buy a rental property. I mean, it's, it's so easy to look at the landscape and say, Oh, you know, I'm going to buy a property one day. You know, I really want to buy a property. I should buy a property. It's very different than saying, you know what? I read the one thing, which is not necessary, but okay. I read this book. This book told me to prioritize my life. And so I said, my one thing right now is going to be to find this property. And that's what you did. So for, for those newbies who might be stuck or lost or confused like, hey, you know, floating around trying to figure out how to shift over to, to that mindset. Do you have any advice for them? Yeah. You know, I would say just just take it one step at a time, really. I mean, the first step to buying a property is to find a lender and to find an agent. Those are the two guys you need. Bigger pockets, a lot of people on there say so you need to build out this whole team. To buy a house hack, you don't need a whole team. You need a lender and you need an agent. Yep. And once you get those guys, they're going to start sending you properties. They're going to start following up with you. And now you're kind of accountable. You're holding, those guys are holding you accountable to get this deal done. And so once you start getting other people involved, then you know it's the real deal. So I, I would say yeah. just take that first step in engaging, engaging that lender, engaging the agent. I love that because like, yeah, like from what most people do, they learn, they read, they, you know, they have all these things, but nothing really drives them to, to move forward. But as soon as you have that agent, especially like all of a sudden, then you start getting deals or even if it's a good agent, they're following up with you. They're they're encouraging you. They're answering questions. It becomes a lot more legit there. So I want to actually just throw out a, like, I don't know, a challenge to everybody listening to this right now. But if you do not have an agent right now, if you're trying to get at your first deal, you want to buy a real estate property, maybe you want a house hack like Craig here and you don't have an agent, like stop right now what you're doing. If you're driving, pull over to the side of the road or, you know, be safe. Pause this for a second. Go on Facebook and ask your family and friends for a recommendation for an agent. Like it's the easiest way to find an agent is to ask for recommendations from everybody on Facebook. You'll find a bunch. They'll offer you a bunch of suggestions of people and then sit down and talk with them. So on that note, Craig, what did they say? When, when somebody goes and tries to find an agent, how did you find a good one? To, uh, what, what kind of questions do you ask? You know, how do you go about that? So, Honestly, the, the way I did it was I, I asked some people here in Denver that I knew, and I also went on Bigger Pockets and I went to the message board and I just reached out and messaged, say, hey, I'm interested in buying a property. Would you mind meeting for coffee? And you know, some, some of the questions you ask are just, how many deals have you done? How long have you been an agent? I like to ask if they're an investor themselves. What are some things they look for in property? Stuff like that. Nothing, nothing crazy. And also you want to get a feel for, you want to be able to get along with this person too. So, you know, make sure that you guys are, you know, amicable with each other and 
yeah, it's it's nothing nothing too crazy. So this is how you went and found an agent, and, and I think it's great advice, right? So you, you you did all that. What about a lender? You said lender was the other thing essential for getting going on a house hack. How do you find a good lender as a newbie real estate investor? So again, I think the number one way is just through recommendations. So if you know anyone else who is a landlord or who has purchased a property, go ask them, see how their lender was. Or you can go on Pockets again and just reach out and say, hey, I'm looking for a lender in XYZ area. And there will be a lot of lenders coming to you and field those calls. Don't just ask one lender. Even though these loans get sold off to Fannie and Freddie, you'd be surprised what different lenders can do for you. So just make sure that you guys do your research and do your diligence, get five or six different lenders and see what they can offer you. I will offer one caveat there. Keep in mind like that the the marketplace on bigger pockets is like giving more detail. That's where you guys want to go. If you guys are looking for a lender, instead of like doing, you know, spamming all the forums, the marketplace is where that's done. So go to the marketplace and make a post and say, Hey, I'm looking for a lender in this area. Does anybody have any recommendations? And you'll find some good connections that way. So Cool. Well, hold, hold on. Yeah. So you, you'll find the connections, but how do you know if somebody's actually legit? How do you know if somebody's good? How do you know if you know you found the right one as somebody who may not know what you're doing? To, to, to figure out which lender is right for you, basically you have to have the criteria you're looking for. One, again, I like people that I can kind of get along with, which I know may be hard to find, but you know there are a few out people out there. The other thing is, you know, I was really looking for kind of like the cheapest, the cheapest loan. And so, you know, I, I was talking to two or three different lenders at the end, you know, I, after getting pre-qualified and all of that. And, you know, they were, they were all very, very close. They all offered me the same rate and they all offered me uh, very similar things. But, you know, it was a guy who I had like the best relationship with yep. that I ended up going through with at the end. And so that's kind of, you know, he was, he answered all of my dumb questions, you know, and don't be afraid to ask those dumb questions either. Yep. You know, these guys are, are pros at first time home buyer yeah. you know, situations. So ask the questions and they'll answer them and they, and they won't make you feel stupid. Awesome. I, I, speaking of stupid questions, I have one that I think may be a stupid question, but if you're shopping around for lenders, does that potentially hurt your credit? So you can, you will get one hard credit pull that will affect your credit score. But if you shop around for five or six, it will only count once. As long as you do it within a 30 day period, Yeah, it will only count as one hard credit pull. So nice. don't worry about your credit score in that regard. Yeah. Nice. That's good advice. Well, about, by the way, I like, I like what you said there about like you went with the guy you had the best relationship with. Here's what I've always found with lending is that almost every lender can do the same thing because they're all abiding generally, at least in the residential area, they're all abiding by the same Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac guidelines. The question is what lender is going to be the guy that you, that is ambitious enough to like work through the process and that you get along with, well, isn't going to leave you hanging. You know, like I've had some lenders that, you know, like it'll be six months just trying to refinance a property and other guys will do it in 35, 40 days. And it's simply because some are more ambitious. Some will actually continually move, kick the ball down the field where other ones are just, you know, they're sitting on their yacht or whatever, <laughs> you know, or overworked with too many projects. Or, yeah. Again, it's all about the lender, not necessarily the, like the, they all do the same thing, same rates, same yeah. terms, all that. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So Craig, what did... What did the numbers actually look like and why why house hack versus just like renting an apartment or or you know buying a house to live in or a condo or something? So I wanted the house hack one because again I wanted the landlord experience and you know my my intentions are to you know buy a property one or two a year each year for the next forever. So that's really why I wanted the house hack and because of the low down the low down payment and how you can use some of the rental income to help you qualify for that mortgage. 
So that was why I went with the house hack of the duplex. Do you want me to go into the numbers now? Yeah, so, let's let's yeah. dive in on that. So yeah, so the numbers, uh, I, I purchased the property for $385,000, 3.5% down. After closing costs, I was, you know, I was all in for just on just under twenty thousand dollars, and there wasn't any work needed or anything like that. Uh, I got, I closed on June sixteenth at nine a.m. and I had a lease. What? Uh, how many seconds? Uh, <laughs> nine a.m. and forty-two seconds. Nice. And I, I had a lease signed at noon that same day. Wow. So I was I was working through you know finding a tenant during the closing process. Now I warn you, I, I recommend that everyone. Do that so you limit your vacancy time. However, just be careful because you cannot have a lease signed before you own the property. So make sure that lease signing comes after after you close on the property. It's a really good tip. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I, I I had never heard of anybody doing it before. Awesome tip. So uh, I'm gonna start doing that. Like when I buy properties. Now, granted, most of my properties are rehabs. Yours was already completed, right? So that makes the biggest difference there. Yeah, mine was already completed, so it definitely makes it a little bit easier. You could. You know, you could still show it to them and say, "Hey, this is going to be totally okay. rehabbed or whatever," and maybe that will help, maybe not. But yeah. yeah. And on the same note, when I'm rehabbing a property, I think it's a good idea. Like you start getting people interested just by by doing work on it. People see work's being done and they ask about it. And you know, I, I've had times where I've been remodeling a property and then got it rented before I ever finished the rehab. So that's uh, again, whatever you can do to minimize that vacancy. Like I don't think people yep. realize like. Vacancy. I wrote a blog post a long time ago called like vacancy is like the silent killer of a real estate deal. It's a cost. It yeah. is a huge it's cost. Huge. Yeah. I mean, yep. if you have five or 10% of you, like if you, if you go an extra month long on a vacancy, I mean, that's almost 10% of your entire income for the year and your expenses are still running that same time. So, and sometimes even more yeah. expenses because you got to pay the water, sewer, garbage, all that stuff during that time. So, yep. So anyway, exactly. So let's yeah, go, and, and go, it, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, if you're in a flip too, it kind of, or if you're fixing it up, you know, a lot of times the tenants are seeing you do the work and they're going to know they're getting a new property or yep. not maybe a new property, but a, remodeled. a lot of the things, yeah, remodeled property. And, and a lot of them like that. They want, they want to be the first one in of that new property, you know? Yeah. So yeah, they don't have to use somebody else's toilet. You. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's Gosh. talk about, I want to dig in the numbers a little bit more. So what are, so you bought it for 385, you did an FHA loan, which is Three and a half percent down. Yep. What was your mortgage payment, and then what are you renting the other half out for? The other side. So my my PITI is just shy of twenty three hundred. And PITI and is what for those it's who don't principal know. principal interest taxes and insurance. All right, so it's like the whole payment. So the whole payment is yeah. about twenty three hundred. Okay. Now the I rent the top out for seventeen fifty. Okay. And so, you know, there's there's a little bit of spread there that that I would need to cover. Yep. And so the basically where it's just shy of 500 bucks. And so where that comes from is I also Airbnb out my room in my property. And really? so the difference there, that more than makes up the difference of that, you know, 500 or so bucks that I'm losing there. Okay. So, so uh, we want to talk and, about and, that, right? We, we do. But, and before we do, like, yeah. I, I, I want people to understand this unit because I haven't seen the unit, but I know the building. I, I know your neighbor. <laughs> so the upstairs unit is actually ground level. The downstairs unit that you talk about, which is the unit that you're living in is subterranean, right? You're living Correct. underground in a cave. Correct. <laughs> there's actually, there's actually bats hanging from my ceiling. <laughs> I'm Batman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, so the best unit you're currently running out, right? Yep. And yep. then you're living in the less good unit. And on top of living in the less good unit, you're air being 
Airbnb-ing it. And how, so how, how does that work? How do you Airbnb a unit that you're living in? Is it a two bedroom, one bedroom? Okay. What is that? So, yeah, no. So, so it's, so they're both one bedroom apartments, one bed, one bath. And so basically what I've done is I've Airbnb'd out my bedroom and I've made a pseudo bedroom out of my living room. <laughs> and so I've put up, I put up like, you know, uh, some, uh, some room dividers and a curtain and all that kind of stuff and a nice bed. Like I still sleep very comfortably. And so I, I'm able to Airbnb out my bedroom, sleep in the living room. And, you know, still have enough space for everything. And, you know, that, you know, the Airbnb brings me in. I've only been doing it for about, you know, four months now, but on average, it's bringing in about 1100 a month. So, you know, and that's, that's for a shared space. Is that, is that weird having people stay like with you like that? Is it weird for them? Is it weird for you? No. So, so honestly, I thought it would be weird at first. But I actually love it because I get to meet people. Like it's really cool people traveling from all around the world, yeah. right? So I, I just had a a woman from Germany stay in my place, a couple from Australia. So I'm meeting like awesome people, and I, it's my favorite part. I actually love it. I have no problem sleeping, you know, out out in the living room. Like, sure, the first day may have been uncomfortable, but you know, it's all about like getting out of your comfort zone, right? And once, yeah. once you get after the fourth, fifth day, now like, I. I almost prefer to sleep in the living room. Last night, no one was there. I, <laughs> last night, no one was there. I slept in my living room. That's so, yeah. wow, that's awesome. So, you're living in the living room. Your Airbnb is bringing in eleven hundred bucks a month. Your your top units uh, taking in seventeen fifty. So you're at twenty nine hundred bucks, call it a month. Your PITI is twenty three hundred. Uh, your vacancy rate. Well, I mean, you factor all that in. You're you're in the black. You're living for free. Yeah, I mean, living for free. Even even netting a little bit. Um, yeah. just because you know, the, the tenants upstairs has actually signed a two year lease. So, you know, I don't, I won't be having vacancy for two years, hopefully fingers crossed. Yeah. And you know, it's just those Airbnb stuff that I have to kind of worry about, which has That's been cool. fine. Wow. I, I'm assuming you have friends. I, I've never seen any of them, but I'm assuming you have friends. Like They're what, in what, places. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do they say? Like, do they come over? And if not, like, what do they, what do they say? Like, how, do, how does this you know, conversation go with your, with your pals, like about this whole setup that you got going on there. And yeah, I'm, I'm just curious how people respond. Yeah. I mean, so most people think I'm nuts, which is probably half true. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know the way I kind of look at it is I'm, I'm doing things that people aren't doing so I can kind of live a life that I want to live in a very short amount of time. Sure. Right. Like I, my, I really want to get on that fast track to financial freedom. And, you know, just by renting or by if I were to buy the price and not rent it out, you know, it, it, I'd be losing a potential thousand eleven hundred dollars a month. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's, that's just putting me on the fast track to financial freedom. And so that, that's kind of how I see it. Now, I don't really have people come over my place. I go to their place, which I prefer anyway. And yeah. also it, it helps me it kind of forces me to keep the place clean. So yeah. that also this must helps. be great for your dating life. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> the late, the ladies love coming, coming over and yeah, seeing someone else, seeing someone else there as well. <laughs> seeing the German couple. Yeah, the German couple. <laughs> yeah. Seeing the German couple. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, so I mean, it's a, it's a cool strategy, right? You're, you're maximizing every bit of income you can make out of that place. What about, I mean, a lot of people are listening to this right now going, look, I'm okay with a house hack. I'm okay buying a duplex or a triplex and live in one unit, but I'm not going to have somebody live with me. So I'm going to shut this podcast off right now because I just can't do that. So for those people who are not going to rent out their bedroom, right? Let's talk about that for a minute. 
Is it a bad idea in your opinion to house hack even if you can't live for free? If you had to pay that five or $600 a month personally, is it, would you still do it and why? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely, right? So, you know, a comparable rent in Denver for a one bedroom apartment is probably gonna go for 12 or 1300 bucks. Yep. So I'm paying $500 in rent, you know, in rent yep. to myself, right? So I am paying myself and so, you know, I, I'm still building, I'm building equity in the property as I make those, as I make those rental payments yeah. to myself. So it, it makes tons and tons of sense to do this either way, even if you don't want to, you know, do what I'm doing and live in your living room, which, which is understandable. Yeah. yeah. So the, the cost to you to do this, let's say you don't have a roommate uh, or several per month. It's cheaper than having a condo. It's cheaper than renting out uh, somebody else's apartment. It just net puts you ahead, right? Yep, hundred percent. Awesome, awesome. Okay, cool. Well, that's great. Congrats on the on the success. I, you know, I I couldn't do it. Maybe I could have done it at your age. And and how old are you, by the way? I'm 24. So yeah, that's that's kind of another thing. Is I think everybody's kind of ha- has a has a unique advantage in their life, and you kind of have to. Yep. And I, I I I looked at mine, and I said, you know what, I'm young, and I'm single, and I'm a guy, so. I have absolutely no problem taking advantage of all of those situations and doing what I'm doing right now. And as my life changes, I'm absolutely going to not be doing this for the rest of my life. But and and you say the guy thing because as as a female, there's some safety concerns there potentially, right? Yeah, there are some safety concerns and you know, I'm not saying that females cannot do this. If you're a female, you absolutely can do this. It's just a matter of if you if you feel safe potentially defending yourself if a stranger does come in your home. Now, Airbnb does a very good job at screening all of their guests and all of that. And I have never had the slightest problem and I've never heard of anyone have a problem, but just in the event there is one, you know, yeah. just be careful. Hey, re- really quick, before we go on to the, the next stuff, Airbnb, like Airbnb, there are certain cities that are pretty hardcore uh, um, with what you can and can't do with Airbnb. And I know Denver happens to be one of them. I, I believe in Denver, you're only allowed to rent out uh, a property once in, in, in a 30 day period. I, I think I'm not butchering that factoid. How do you get around that? And is that true? So yeah, that's correct. In Denver, you cannot basically short-term rentals. They don't really allow you to do short-term rentals unless you are living in the property. So even that property, even the duplex, the the first half of it, the, the top half, I would not be able to put that on Airbnb unless it's for 30 days or more. Got it. So that's the way Denver works. But since it's in my primary residence and I live there, there's no issue with the Airbnb laws here. Interesting. Can, are, are you, I, I, I know you were just home with your family for a couple of weeks. Are you running out the, the place while you're out of town as well? Fully renting it out? Yep. Uh, so I'm renting it out when I'm out of town. I've, it was pretty much full the whole time I was gone. And you know, I just have, you know, I have a cleaning lady come in and check on the place and obviously clean it, clean the sheets, all that kind of stuff. And she gives me an update, sends me some pictures when she's done. I issue her her payment and we're on to the next guest. How did you, how'd you find the cleaning lady? How did I find this cleaning lady? Uh, I think I just, I just went on Craigslist and I, you know, looked at a few of them and there were I some responded. that were, he was, you know, <laughs> I did a good job. And, you know. <laughs> good job, um, Josh. Thank you. Oh, 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 I got you. Josh, you lost me on that one. There. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I just called Josh up and he came over to clean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he does all uh, my cleaning as well. It's, he's really helpful. <laughs> Very handy. Yeah, he is pretty good, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> All right. So um, you went Craigslist. That's cool. Yes. So I went on Craigslist. Uh, you know, again, 
talked to three or four different, every, everyone I talked to, it's three or four different cleaning ladies. And, you know, I kind of went with the best price. I, I met with a few of them, called them and just whatever one I felt I got the best feeling from is the one I picked. That's cool. And so I also, and also I would recommend if you do are doing this, ask for recommendations too, and call those recommendations. And so make sure that she has customers and make sure that she is a, like, you know, a good human being. Cause she's going to be in your, in your apartment with, with your stuff there. So there you go. Yeah. 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 And there might be some he's occasionally as well, obviously, but uh, yeah. So, <laughs> all right. You're house hacking, you know, and, and I, and I use the term life hack at the upfront. So you're, you're doing some pretty interesting stuff here, right? I mean, you're, you're running the place out when you're gone, you're running your place out while you're there. Um, you're obviously, you've got tenants. What, what else, why, why would I say you're life hacking? You're, you're doing something next level here, right? I mean, you're, you're taking some of your liabilities and, and using those to your advantage as well, aren't you? Yeah, right. So typical rich dad, poor dad mantra, right? Is if, if you haven't a quote unquote, anything that's taking money out of your pocket, it's a liability. If it's putting money in your pocket, it's an asset. And so I was, because I bought this property a mile and a half from work, I was riding my bike to work every day. And as I ride my bike, I would drive by my car and my car was just sitting in the driveway and I'm still paying insurance for it. I'm still paying, you know, some maintenance on it, whatever it is. And so that was a liability to me. So I decided I need to figure out like, how, how can I make money out of this car? And so how can I turn this liability into an asset? And there, there's a site out there called Turo, T-U-R-O. And basically what that is, it's, it's an Airbnb, but for cars. And so I put my, listed my car up on that site and now I am renting my car out as well. That's awesome. How, what do you get so, for a car rental? So a car rental, obviously it's a little bit less than a Airbnb, but for that, I'm, on on the peak months where it's about like seven to 800 bucks a month. Wow. And do people car. rent it? So, I mean, what are they renting it for? They just don't want to rent from like a, you know, enterprise or something. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's much cheaper than like an enterprise or whatever that is. Right. And, and a lot in, in there, especially for those who are under 25, they don't have the huge under 25 fees. There's a small fee, but not, not significant. Interesting. And so I think it goes to be like, it, it depends, you know, it changes, but it's between typically between, 35 and 45 dollars a day and so yeah and also it's you know i mean i've got it it's a toyota prius so it's great on gas good for around the city i always advise people not to drive in the mountains with it because they probably won't come back but (laughs) (laughs) that was my old car yeah i have the i i used to have that car so you 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 have this app right people will literally go pick up your vehicle from in front of your home then Mm -hmm. take it from the street and they return it, you know, whenever next day, same day, and you get your 35, 45 bucks put, put in your account. Yeah. Sometimes it's a couple of weeks. It can, it ranges from a day to a couple of weeks. It could even be a month if they wanted to. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the, and yeah. Now does Turo, you know, have guarantees, you know, if somebody's going to, you know, start smoking in your car or, you know, mess it up. I mean, I'm assuming they've, they've got all the insurance stuff and everything else kind of handled, right? Yeah, they have all the insurance handled. You, know, you can take pictures before and after, and your the driver is highly encouraged to take pictures before and after. And so, you know, if there's any differences in the car from each ride, the pictures will show it, or you go in and see it, and then you can file a claim through Toro, and you know they'll they'll cover you. Like without the the listings, the car listings, Toro wouldn't exist. So they they need to protect those car, the people who list the cars. Have you had any bad experiences at all that you've had to make a claim or now? No, I, I haven't had any bad experiences with Turo. 
or drivers. Yeah, it's been no, not, I mean, some drivers are more of a pain than the others. They get, especially the first time drivers, they can be a little bit, a little bit scared or a little bit weary of what's going on. But once they realize, once they're done, they're usually like, oh, this is much easier than I expected. This is great. Thank you so much. And nice. most people are very happy. Yeah. So, so, so you're, 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 you're bringing in, you know, you're 1100 bucks a month on your Airbnb, 1750 in rent. You got, you know, some of your costs on, on the property. Then you're running this car out for seven to 800 bucks a month. And I pay you $6 a day. I mean, like this sounds pretty good. Yeah, $6 a day. I think I might need a raise sometime soon. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, but I mean, that's awesome, man. Like the, at 24, you've literally figured out a way to, to build your life. And in a way where, you know, it's not too obstructive to, to how you want to live. And you're, you're generating all this income off of your just everyday doings, right? And happenings. And, and that's amazing. Are you, are you, is there like an app to rent out your clothes? that you're also doing? I mean, yeah, I I was looking to try to rent out my clothes. I don't know if anyone wants my underwear, but we we can see. (laughs) I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. There's some holes in it, if that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. It's it's a little too far. Awesome, man. There's no such thing, Josh. No such thing. (laughs) There there really isn't. Is that the the extent of the life hacking? I, I think the extent of the life hacking would be that you know, I go live under a bridge with, you know, in my sleeping bag or in a tent. No, but, but I mean, I you're also, yeah, wait, you're also frugal, right? I forgot about that part. Yeah. Like you're able to put away a ton of, ton of cash because not only are you doing all this stuff, but you're, you're, you're super frugal in just everything that you do. Right. Yeah. So I'm super frugal. I don't, I don't go out to eat much. I don't drink, you know, I, I kind of stick to what, what it is, what it is. And sometimes, you know, and I still do go out. Don't get me wrong. Like I think having fun is a great part of life and I love to travel and do all those things. And I do spend money, but I just kind of, I'm a little more strategic about how I spend my money and what I spend my money on and all that kind of stuff. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so that's great. This is, this is very set for life-ish, isn't it? it is this, great. yeah, it, it is very set for life-ish and it's a great, I mean, you guys should all, if you haven't read that book yet, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I mean, that, that's kind of the first step, right? Yeah. You guys got to get on bigger pockets right now and, and buy that book. Well, what I love about set for life, the book that, you know, Scott Trench wrote is that it kind of opens up the idea that like, a lot of like financial gurus out there are saying, you know, stop drinking so much Starbucks, you know, like, you know, stop drinking or eating avocado toast. You know, that's why millennials are all broke is because of avocado toast or whatever. Right. Yeah. I keep your, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know either, but I, there's a big article about it recently, but the truth is like, it's not the little things typically that are making people broke and poor. It's their massive house payment is the main thing followed by their yeah. massive car payment. Like those right. two things alone and then the insurance that comes with that. And like, it's those things that drive people. So if you can maximize just a few areas of your life or minimize a few areas of your life, you can still enjoy the fun things in life. You just find a way to not have that massive three, four, $5,000 a month payment just to live. But it's, yeah. it's not just that, right? I mean, like if you, like Craig, I see Craig every day in the kitchen, like cutting up his own lunch, right? He's, he cooks his dinner and yeah. he preps his lunch the next day, which saves him you know, 10 to 12 bucks a day on dining out. We got a lot of people here in the office who they eat every single, they eat out every day. Right. And Craig is always eating his own food. Like that's, that's a lot of money. I mean, you know, it, it adds up if you do that, you know, you're talking two to three bucks versus 12, 14, whatever it is. Right. So it's, it's, it's the whole lifestyle in general, right? It's looking at everything that you do. It's, you know, my wife doesn't drink alcohol. Right. So I pretty much stopped drinking alcohol. 
when I would go out with my friends and we'd split the check, the difference between my check and their check is, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks per meal. Oh yeah. Because they're paying for booze. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, one thing kind of how I looked at it too was, you know, you go out to eat and you're spending 12 bucks and you say maybe one of my meals costs four bucks. Right. And I'm probably getting the an equivalent amount of food, if not more with my meal. And I just don't think there's any way in hell that their food is three times better than my food. So that's kind of how I look at it is it's, it's not worth going out to eat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's just everything, right? I mean, again, yeah. at, at the end of the day, this, the, the frugality is, is it, it doesn't mean being cheap. Like I've never seen Craig be cheap, you know, he, but, but it's, it's, you know, Hey, I'm going to. I'm going to think about how I, how I construct my life. I'm going to live close to work, hop on a bike, get exercise every single day, yep. right? Yeah. Get fit, get in shape and, you know, save on gas and save on car maintenance and then, you know, use the car as, as a, for, for big trips or, or other things that I need. It, it, it's just a mindset thing. That's all, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, you know, the way I look at it, the way I think life is, it's 10% what happens and 90% how you think of it, where your mindset is. And so as long as you can get your head right, you can kind of, you can do anything really. It's just kind of taking things one step at a time. And, you know, maybe you're not doing all the things all at once, right? Or maybe you're not, you don't stop drinking or stop going out to eat all the time. Maybe you only go out to eat two times a week. And then after that becomes more comfortable for you, you go out to eat one time a week. And then you just slowly kind of wane off of it. Going cold turkey is extremely, it's, it's much more harder than just kind of weaning off. Yeah. Awesome. Makes sense. So here's a big question kind of to wrap up this part of the podcast. Why, why, like, why be frugal? Why cut your expenses? Why not eat good question. the avocado toast or, or maybe you do? Why, why house hack? I mean, why can't we just enjoy life and just live and spend our money? We make a certain amount. we we'll spend that much. Like, what's the point? What are you trying to do here? You know, it, it's all, it, it all boils down to just achieve, achieving that financial freedom at, at a relatively early age. Right. So in, in your you know late twenties, early thirties and being able to kind of spend the rest of your life doing whatever it is that you want to do, you know, travel Brandon, like you with, with your daughter, right? Like you want to be able to see her first steps and all that. Like I want to be able to see my kids first steps, go to all their plays, attend all their baseball games, do all these things that, you know, a lot of parents didn't, aren't able to do because, oh, they have to work or, oh, they got to do this. They got to do that. Like you got to, I think you have to figure out what's the most important thing in your life and figure out how you can, you know, do those most important things to you. How, how are you going to do that? Because, you know, you better work. <laughs> you got to sign, you got to work yeah. in bigger pockets um, forever. I go, yeah, forever, forever, forever. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, but I, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, yeah. And like Brandon, we give him the flexibility to do, do that stuff. Right. I mean, that's, that's, one of the nice things here, but, um, what, what does your plan look like? Right. You're, you're 24, you're in your first duplex. I know, I know you well enough to know you have a plan, right? So you didn't just say, Hey, I'm going to go and one thing, get that first duplex and then I'm done. You know, the next six steps that you've got in mind. So what are those and, and how do you construct this, this plan for yourself? So my next step now is just, you know, keep saving, 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 and, you know, kind of figuring out other ways that I can make additional income. And, you know, just to save up for that next down payment on the next house hack or next property. And, you know, do that. My kind of, my goal is to be able to double my units next year and the year after. So, you know, go from two this year to four next year to eight the year after that, you know, then if, you know, and then, then you have all your investments working for you too. So then you can save and, you know, and theoretically, hopefully I might have to, yeah talk to Josh a little more, but hopefully I'll be making a little bit more in the next couple of years <laughs> as well. <laughs> so, and then I'll be, so I'll be able to save more. 
And, you know, it kind of all works on itself where to the point where, you know, you can easily, you know, you're saving for a down payment in a couple of months and, you know, you can buy two, three, four properties a year. And as long as they're cash flowing properties, you know, once, once that passive income stream, you know, exceeds my expenses, that's kind of when you're free. That's true. So at 30, you're going to be retired, basically living off of the, your, your real estate and, and rent car rental service. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be doing the car rental service then, but yeah, I'd like to be financially free by, by 30. And that doesn't mean I'll be, you know, retired sitting at home, you know, with a bag of potato chips, watching Dancing with the Stars or whatever, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll be able to pursue my passions, right? Like I'll be able to do what I love to do. And even if I'm doing something, making 20 or 30 grand a year, that won't matter because I'll have enough money through my, you know, through my rental income. That's awesome. Love this man. Some, Absolutely brilliant. Somebody has clearly been to a bigger pockets webinar before. Yeah, once or twice. Clearly. All right. So I, I don't know. <laughs> all right. So man, all good stuff, like all around good stuff. Like, and I agree so much with like that whole idea. Like if you can minimize your expenses now, like it really opens up the world to be able to do really amazing things later. You don't have to live like, you know, house hack forever. You don't have to do any of that forever, but it's a sacrifice for a short amount of time. If you just do it for a while, uh, the rest of your life, you know, like uh, Dave Ramsey has a quote that says like, if you live like no one else now, you can live like no one else later. You know, basically like it's a short, exactly. right? Yeah, sacrifice Love a little it. bit now if you need to. And it's not like, if it's, I mean, like, is it really a sacrifice? I mean, it's not like we're like cutting off our right arm or something like. like yeah, it's no. not even a sacrifice. I enjoy yeah. it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. So. Yeah. I, when I was, when I was what, 23, 23, 24, 22, 23, 24, I was living in Los Angeles and were there dinosaurs roaming around back then? <laughs> wow. Josh was really sad when the last one died off. He was like, <laughs> yeah, like he had a lot of tears. Yeah, he told me. He's yeah. trying to Rex. Yeah. yeah. It was the last yeah, one. Yeah. He was like, right, that is. So, so <laughs> yes, yes. My social security number is one. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, <laughs> I, I was living and th this was not crazy long ago. It was about two, almost 20 years. Yeah. But, I was like in uh, elementary school. Diapers. Like, yeah. Pretty um, much. So, so I couldn't talk yet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, um, I was living for like 12 to $13,000 a year. Right. And that was like right at, or about the poverty line, but I was actually, you know, I was having a good life. I was just exceptionally frugal, exceptionally exceptional. Cheap. 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 <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, you know, spaghetti and, and, and cereal. I mean, that's, that's all I ate. Right. I mean, I didn't, I didn't drive anywhere. I didn't need to go anywhere. It would like, life was really easy. I would, I, and, you know, obviously not everybody can be in that position, but I, I think when you're single and young, there's certain things that you can much more yep. easily give up and live without than once you have a spouse or children and things like that, when then you, you really do need to, you know, uh, take care of those folks. Absolutely. There Absolutely. Take advantage of being young and single. There you go. Awesome. All right, I have one more thing before we get to the fire round. I want to, I want to push you a little bit here, Craig. So uh, you mentioned earlier uh, this guy named Grant Cardone, who we recently had on the podcast, and he wrote a book called The 10X Rule about taking your goals and supersizing them. So when you say you want to buy one property this year and two next year and four the year after units and eight the year after, it's great. I actually love exponential growth. What would it take to buy 20 units next year? 20 units next year. Like why? I mean, should you? I'm, I'm not saying you should, but what would it like? Well, let's explore that for a minute. Like why? Why not? 10x these goals and quit this job at bigger pockets next year. <laughs> Screw Josh. I, 
No, I would be <laughs> I would be so happy for you if you did that, and yep. my life would be a lot easier. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what what would it yeah. take? Do you think? And and have you thought about that? So yeah, I have thought about that actually, and. The reason why I don't think it makes a ton of sense is just because I don't think it is a, you know, I would be putting all of my eggs in this real estate basket and in, in a time where it seems like the market is, is approaching a peak or at a peak. So I think doing that is not wise. And also I would, in order to do that, I would need to be, I would need to syndicate, get tons and tons of investors and all that kind of stuff. And, and then I, and then I have, you know, the responsibility of their money over me and, you know, I don't want that. I think I think a much an, an easier route would be just to continue working bigger pockets, working hard here at bigger pockets, and you know, hope, hoping that compensation will follow after I just work hard. <laughs> and you know, I think that is a way, you know, is a way that to do it in my opinion. Because I, I wouldn't have if I sure I could buy twenty properties next year, but they wouldn't be my twenty properties. I would have one property amongst twenty other individuals who would also have properties with me, right? So. Uh, yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Sure. And I don't think, I don't think the 10X model necessarily like the, the you know, we argued with Grant this a bit. Like he doesn't think people should buy a house and he thinks everyone should just buy massive properties. And that's definitely one way to go. And it's different for everyone. Yeah. If you like what you do for a job, like you don't need to escape it now this year. In fact, I always recommend right. to people like, yeah, find a job you love, even if it's not like, you know, find a job that you love and that's flexible, you know, and then go invest in real estate on the side. If, like, do what you love to do. Do what makes you happy. And if that's syndicating apartments, then great. You should go syndicate apartment buildings. But yeah. if not, don't worry about it. So, yeah, yeah. Life, lifestyle design, right? Build the yeah. build the life you wanna you wanna live. Just don't. I don't know. I, I saw a cool graphic or video or something on Facebook yesterday, which was, you know, they're like, hey, the first like you know 17 years of your life was all about fun and learning and fun. And then you get a job. And then the next 40 years of your life, 50 years of your life is clock in. Can't wait for Friday to come enjoy your weekend as much as you can until Sunday afternoon, which you start getting angry and stressed out about (laughs) the week. And then, you know, go until uh, Friday again. Right. And, and, and then suddenly you're, you're now 65, 60, 65, and, you know, you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor on the government, you know, social security and everything else. And, and you know, I, I think we as a society are, are starting to realize that that path is less admirable than, than it used to be, I guess. And, and especially the newer generations are, are seeing that. And, and so, yeah, I mean, build, build life. I mean, build the life you want to live. Use real estate to help you out. Be smart, be frugal, be creative. I, I you know, I was in a... I was in a cab last week. I was in an Uber. Sorry, wrong word. Cab, I was, in a, what is I was actually in a lift. I was in a lift last week and it was the morning and I started talking to my driver. She was a teacher. She taught, I think it was like eighth grade Spanish. And she would get up in the morning two hours earlier before she normally would have before. She'd drive her car for, for Lyft. After school, she would work for two hours after. She didn't want to work late night with drunk people and things like that. She just, you know, wanted uh, those time blocks and was making, you know, a supplemental income on top of what she wanted to help her move down to Mexico, which was her dream was go down to Mexico and teach down there. And 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 so, yeah, I mean, the world is very different than it used to be, and we can kind of make it our own. And and I definitely encourage people to do that, which is why I wanted to have you on this the, the podcast, man. It's a it's a great story. But let's move on to to the fireman. The fireman. fireman. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move to the fire round. for the fire round. 
This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Finding rental property insurance has been a headache for the past few years. You know the feeling. You're scrambling, calling 20 different insurance agencies in a dozen different cities, struggling to protect your portfolio at the right cost. But I'm going to tell you a little secret that'll change everything. Veteran investors don't go through the everyday insurance companies. They just use NREG. NREG that's N-R-E-I-G, provides insurance solely for real estate investors. They've built the largest insurance program in the country for residential tenant-occupied, vacant, and renovation properties. The best part? You can put all your properties on one insurance schedule and one monthly bill. And you can add, change, or remove properties without having to cancel one policy and purchase another. They insure properties from single-family rentals, up to 20-unit multifamily dwellings, vacation rentals, mobile homes, condos, and more. Trade catchy jingles for cash flow with insurance made for investors. Visit nreg.com slash bppod to request a proposal. N-R-E-I-G dot slash b-p-p-o-d. Take a second and imagine this. Immediate cash flow, above average rent, built-in equity, and a foolproof exit plan. No, it's not 2012 again. This is just what it's like to invest with Integra Development Group. They've simplified the real estate investing process so everyone can invest. With their new construction single-family rent-to-own homes, you'll get aggressively priced brand new properties that have tenants in place now in one of the fastest-growing states in America, Florida. Here's how IDG's rent-to-own strategy works. You get exclusive access to inventory with aggressive pricing thanks to IDG's builder-partner relationships. Then, invest and collect immediate cash flow with tenants already in place at or very close to closing. With the demand for new builds, your tenants pay above market rent, so you rake in more cash flow. And you'll get built-in equity and appreciation with an already agreed-to purchase price at year three, helping the tenants become homeowners while you build wealth. That's investing simplified. So secure your next investment property today with Integra Development Group at IntegraDG.com. That's IntegraDG.com to start investing today. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. 
Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's jump into this. Of course, this is the fire round. These questions come direct out of the Bigger Pockets forums, which I know, Craig, you're engaged in all the time. So, number one, do I need to disclose to my roommates that I'm the landlord and owner? So, it sounds like this person is house hacking, uh, like a, a house, or you know, they rent out their bedrooms. Do I need to tell the roommates that I'm the landlord and the owner, or can they just simply pay me, assuming that I'm that I'm just another renter and that I'm the one in charge paying the landlord? So, technically. Absolutely. You don't need, you do not need to tell them that you are the landlord and they can, you can pretend like you are kind of the head tenant and you're going to send that money off to someone else. However, when they find out it might make living a little bit awkward. So I would recommend just, you know, don't be sketchy and just, just let them know and just let them know what you're doing. And most people aren't out to screw you. So just let them know and, and tell them what you're doing, why you're doing it. And maybe they'll go out and do the same thing. You know, I mean, I think you, you got to help people out and it will come back and it will come back. Definitely. Karma. There you, there you go. go. There you go. All right. Easy answer on this one. Is it a good deal to get a duplex for the purpose of house hacking? If you're paying a small amount from your pocket every month to cover all costs, I, I think we know the answer to that one. Yeah. hundred percent. Yes. You're paying yourself. So it's easy. Cool. All Better. right. Next question. This is- has anyone put a kegger? <laughs> I was gonna pick that one. Has anyone put a kegerator in their Airbnb? Is a kegerator <laughs> like the thing that works with a keg? I'm assuming. Yes. All yes. Right. You yeah, literally a- would have a keg tap in, yeah. in your okay. Airbnb. That's interesting. Is your Airbnb become like a free bar? Free bar. I have not. I have not ever thought of that. I have not seen it. I would not do it. But it, I don't see why you wouldn't do it. You know, if you have a place on the beach somewhere or it's or you know in the mountains and you want people to have a beer when they're done hiking or something i don't see why it would be a bad idea i would yeah. talk to your lawyer first about uh, <laughs> yeah, any, what like, kind of liability talk to your lawyer or, yeah, I, yeah i don't know anything about liability <laughs> like that I, i'm a 24 year old speaking hey a kegerator sounds pretty cool so <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome all right this question which makes no sense in this context but would you what would you recommend a pool a hot tub or none on on a rental property on a rental property, sure. I would rec- I would recommend none, just because it's another thing you have to maintain, another another liability, another 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 pain, you know. So in a rental property, no. If in your personal property, if you would like a pool, by all means, get a pool. But yeah. I wouldn't I would I wouldn't get one for my rentals. I agree, uh, Brandon. I would. Would you, would you agree? I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, I, I I would not want to rent out a uh, unless it's a large apartment complex. Of some sort, I, I would not want to rent out a house with with a pool or hot tub or anything like that. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I mean, unless like the market dictated I needed it, like if I could get way more rent because every other house had it. Well, that's might, true. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm coming from Colorado where nobody's got a pool. If if you're in like L.A., uh, that that might be another story. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, good good so, point. Good point. Cool. 
All righty. Well, uh, let's head over to the last segment of the show, which we lovingly refer to as our Famous Four. All right. Today's Famous Four is sponsored, our book sponsor of the week. Every week we got a new book that's uh, sponsoring the Famous Four. Today's book is Set for Life because it's a, a book that we've been talking about a lot today. So uh, Set for Life, are you looking for a real plan to leave the nine to five and live life on your terms? Set for Life, written by 26-year-old financial independent Scott Trench, contains more than 240 pages of detailed step-by-step instruction to achieve financial freedom. Uh, it's pretty awesome, guys. And this week only, at least until midnight on Wednesday after this podcast comes out for the next seven days, that book is 20% off in the Bigger Pockets bookstore. So go to biggerpockets.com forward slash store, and you can pick up Set for Life for 20% off this week only. And with that, let's get to the famous four. Number one, what is your favorite real estate related book, Craig? And it really pains me to say this, but I got to say it's the book on rental property investing that you wrote. Woo! It was, Woo! I know it kills me. It kills me. It's but great. it was, made my day. Yeah, that, it that was, was the first, it was the first one I read. And so I got to kind of pay homage to that. And, you know, it's what got me into real estate investing started and I used it too. I used it as I was, you know, buying my first property, I would look through the chapters and all that and see kind of, you know, what the next steps were. So love it. Wow. Were there, were there words on the chapters? <laughs> Lots of pictures. Well, there, there's pictures. That's why I liked it. Diagrams. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's I awesome. can't, yeah. I can't read good. I, 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 he's doing our finances. This is, this is a very gratuitous of math. Yeah. Oh, we're in trouble. Yeah. All right. Favorite, uh, favorite business book. Yeah. You're like one of the things I admired about you when, when we interviewed you was like, you're an avid, avid reader. Um, what, what, what's, what's your favorite book and what are you reading now? So non real estate. So the favorite non-real estate book, this was a tough one for me. Can I say two? Yeah. Right, so the, the first be, one is- it, That would not, that would, that's not appropriate. It's against the rules, but it's I'm going to bend the rules a little okay. bit. You, right, you, you, do. you can do that. This is yeah. the Craig show. This, this is, is the Craig, Craig show. show. I, say, I say what's going on there. <laughs> um, one is, one is a, it's called Never Split the Difference. And it's basically a, it's a, it's a negotiation book. And it's an extremely interesting book about this guy, Chris Voss. He used to be a hostage negotiator. And he mm -hmm. takes you through all of these hostage negotiations that he goes into and the tactics he uses. And then he applies that to everyday, everyday things like negotiating a car rental or negotiating a higher salary, stuff like that. And so it's a great book. I would recommend it for anyone. You know, I've been recommended that like 10 times in the past month. So I'm just going to buy it right now as you're talking. You should. I'm getting you should it buy it right now. You should be listening to me intently, not buying a book. No, I'm buying. I'm getting. <laughs> an, I'm, I'm getting on Audible right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a great book. And then the second one would be uh, the the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. It's kind of a. Uh, it's more of like a philosophical type book, but just a way to live a very great life and not have any stress and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of a lot of like celebrities and famous people have read that book and you know tom brady is one of my idols and he read it so that's kind of what oh, i got to wow. I, I read it and so it was great and he's also the best best quarterback of all time right josh wow <laughs> wow good, good, good for you good by the way i i have not i tried to read that one and i never got into it i need to try again because you gotta try that again yeah you didn't read it oh so good yeah i, well, I, got, I was listening to it and i only got like a chapter in and then i like just got distracted and it didn't hook me do you up, do you listen because you can't read or? Mostly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to scrap this episode of the podcast. Let's find a new guest quickly. Craig, what do you do for fun, man? I know you, uh, uh, you, you play basketball. What, what else do you do, do besides uh, not spend your money? Yeah. So, you know, I like to be very active. Uh, you know, I like to exercise, I like to hike. Uh, traveling is my number one passion. You know, I've, I've been to like, you know, 
20, over 25 countries now. So I kind of just want to keep building that list up and yeah, traveling, hiking, exercise, just kind of being active. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. I I just bought, I just bought never split the difference. So. Wow. Awesome. Were, yep. did, were you paying attention? He at talked all? about no. traveling 25 countries. Look at that. I can multitask. Wow. Mm. wow. Right. wow. Yeah. So special. There's actually no such thing as multitasking. It's task switching. Not. If you've read I was say, task one thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thing. Yeah. All right. Last question. What do you think separates successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail or never get started? I think the number one thing is just be willing to be being comfortable, being uncomfortable. You know, get, get uncomfortable and do those things that you're afraid to do and just take that next step. And then those, those uncomfortable things will become comfortable and that's how you grow. That's how you expand. That's how you, you know, and so just get uncomfortable. I think that's the number one thing that people are afraid to do. They're just like to be cozy, like to sit back and rent apartments and watch Netflix and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, get nice. uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable. Nice. I like it. That's like going to be it. my, my Instagram post today. It's going to say, get uncomfortable. Craig, yeah. is it, how do you feel last name? Kurlap. Kurlap. Yeah, you're definitely Curlop. not good at reading. Huh? Curl up. Yeah. <laughs> you have a weird last name. It's like. I know, I do, I do. Curlop. Pretend, pretend like the E's not there. Curlop. Curlop. If, like if people want to reach out and, and talk to you and ask you for advice, connect with you, whatever whatever it is that they might want to do after this uh, bizarro episode of the Bigger Pockets podcast, how can they do that? Yeah, so they can reach out to me on Bigger Pockets. I'm on Bigger Pockets all the time. Uh, Facebook is fine. LinkedIn is fine. I'm not very active on Instagram or Twitter. So if you reach out to me there, it may take a few days for me to get back. But yeah, any of those other options are great. Cool. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Craig, thanks for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Lots of luck and uh, great job so far. Yeah, thanks for having me. Love it. Love you guys. Thanks. All right, guys, that was Craig Curlop. Smart dude. Smart dude, man. I told you I want to have this guy on the show. I know. You were like, we should have him on. I was like, no, I hate Craig. And you were like, come on. I was like, no, I hate Craig. Just kidding. I know. I mean, you know, he could be off-putting at times. I mean, he clearly insulted me once Clearly. Or twice. I think me too, a few times. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I can read sometimes. Like, as long as, as, long as it's like the red fish, blue fish, white fish, yeah. red fish. Hey, hey, Brandon. Yes. If you reach on your right shoulder, there's like a, that, that would be your left shoulder. <laughs> Uh, there is some kind of something right there on your sweater. Yeah. What is that? It's what you, what, what you got there? It's kind of, um, um, my OCD is kind of kicking in. I don't know. It's That'd like a, a sticker. No, it's like a white piece of fabric. I don't know. Toilet paper on your sweater. That's great. I don't great. think it's a sticker. <laughs> well, I think it's just, well it's just like, I think it's like a sticker my a little girl had. And anyway. Anyway, thank you for OCD my, <laughs> my shirt apparently. And, uh, great show though, right? This, great this, show. Show. Yeah, I, I I like this idea. I, like I said in the intro, the whole idea of like renting a car that sounds kind of cool. And I was even thinking about the idea, like if that's a if that's a legit business, if you can rent your car out for let's say thirty dollars, forty dollars a day, could you buy a car on a loan that's like two hundred fifty bucks a month for a loan and then rent it out for a thousand dollars a month or eight hundred, six hundred? Could you? Buy a fleet of cars. I don't know. Well, just, I was going to say a fleet, right? Yeah. What if you had five cars? Yeah. Right? Could you rent all of them? I mean, that's like an interesting little business model. I don't know. Hmm, something worth, I wonder how insurance would work with that. Anyway. Not- yeah. Again, like, again, I, I thought this show was awesome just from the standpoint of like, you know, he's very proactive about pursuing financial freedom. Uh, yeah. And creative. Uh, yeah. Very Sorry, creative. Right? Yeah. Yep. And I love it. So yeah. anyway, keep going, Craig. You rock. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Awesome. All right, man. Well, listen, until next time, let's get out of here. All right. I'm Josh Dorkin. Are you sure? Signing off. (laughs) 
You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. It's time for it's time for it's time for the random six. All right, it is time for the random six. Of course, these are the six random questions we ask every guest here at the end of the show, just to get to know you a little bit better and get to know you from a non-real estate standpoint. So, number one, hey Craig, I have a question for you. What do you value most? Free time, recognition, or money? That's a softball. Free time, 100%. All right. That was an easy one. I would have been mad if you said something else. I'd been like, what are you doing here? Come on. Yeah. (laughs) What was the point of that whole show? All right. Uh, Number two, do you have any habits you wish you could erase besides that nose picking thing that you've been, you know? (laughs) I, I don't. So I don't. I don't want to erase that one. Good. good. <laughs> uh, any habits that I have that I would like to? Uh, this is kind of an awkward question to ask. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess. Well, since I was a boy, I always wanted yeah. to stop. <laughs> uh, I guess one one thing that I do, I guess, is I, I do spend a little too much on like gym memberships and stuff like that. So I've been trying to scale back on that, and. I just haven't How got many there. gym memberships do you have? I mean, like, <laughs> so, it's like uh, most people have one. What, what, what are we talking about here? Well, so I do, I'll do CrossFit like four or five days a week. And you know, that's like 150 bucks a month. And then I'll do class pass, which is basically you go to the, you know, you go to multiple gyms around the area and I like to do yoga once a week. So I do my yoga through class pass. And so I spend like 200 bucks a month on gym memberships, which is probably wow. more than the average person. So that's kind of something I'm looking to scale back on. And it's wow. paying off. Yeah, I, I, can you take your shirt off? Uh, is that what Josh is asking? No. All right. I could take my shirt off. Next we'll question. Get a, lot more, get a lot more listeners. I don't know. <laughs> we get <a> listener. <laughs> I guess listeners. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, and, and he does our maths. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes. Brandon, have, next question. Have you ever actually kept a New Year's resolution? Actually, yeah. Every New Year's resolution that I keep, I, I've made, I've kept. Oh, wow. I, I, I only this year. Uh, I did not have one this year. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's why. <laughs> I only that's why. Yeah. Well, actually, um, well, I stopped drinking. I guess that's kind of one. Okay. But, you know, the, the first one that I really had was like back in like seventh grade, I was like fighting with my mom a lot. And so I was like, I'm going to stop fighting with my mom. And so I stopped fighting with my mom and now we're really good friends. Nice. So oh, that was kind of like the big one. That's yeah. Great. I read that's the other great. day 98% of New Year's resolutions fail. 98%. Oh. So. Yeah, that's I believe that. You're the 2%. Two percent of the yeah. two that I've made. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> All right. What are the five apps that you need on your cell phone? Five apps. The Bigger Pockets app. Ooh. Oh, uh, uh, but Spotify is a big one. I like to go on. I use Facebook, the ESPN app, and does like Safari and Chrome count? Because that's where I do a lot of my. <laughs> sure, sure. I guess Google Maps. There you go. Yeah. There's five. There's six. Yeah, there's We're called five because, you yeah. know, that's how you normally do your math. But yeah. yeah. Five, yeah. six. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You guys don't, you guys <laughs> don't, don't count. You want to know an app that you want to know an app that changed like a huge part of my life? Like this is like legit. So it's an app called Moment, M-O-M-E-N-T. I think I've told I you about it. I tell everyone about it. It's on, but I don't like do anything with it. Oh my gosh. I use it all the time. Here's what it is. It's an app that all it does is monitor how much screen time your phone is on every day. So for those watching a video, you can see like today I've been on my phone 18 minutes. Yesterday. Uh, was the lowest I've ever had, an hour 30. 
I think that was probably the lowest. And then hour 52, hour 58. But when I started this, I was consi- like three months ago. What do you got? You're 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Uh, Josh, you lose. Yeah, when I, I started this thing, I was consistently Dude, look, look, like look four, at, five, six hours a day. Look at the last couple of days. Three hours, oh. three hours, four hours. Yeah, it's a shocking <laughs> how much time. Do have, so yeah. Do you, do you set like a, like a goal, like a limit goal or something? I do actually. Yeah, you can actually set a goal. I have the paid version. It's like $3. It's, you know, big oh. money. Uh, get the paid version. You can actually set a, a timer. So I have it go off at, two, now it's at two hours. If I get two hours on my phone a day, um, it starts like, buzzing nonstop until I shut my phone off every time. So if I pick it up for something, it's just like buzz, 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 get off your phone, get off your phone, get off your phone. And, uh, man, I've probably saved myself two hours a day of being on my phone, you know, seven days a week. Yeah. Amazing app. So I just find, I just find that I replaced my, my, my laptop with my phone. So I do so much more with my phone Mm -hmm. that I would normally be sitting on a laptop doing, but still, you know, I agree, but still like, I feel like the phone is, it's really easy when you're like with your family to pull out your phone. Like, Instead of being with your kids, right? So what I found is like, if I can't pull my phone out, I naturally am spending more time with Rosie and Heather. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably been the most life-changing app for me this year. So yeah, it's called Moment. You can can change it to grayscale too. And that that helps you not want to be addicted to it more. I don't know if you've heard of that. I have not, but that's a good idea. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, so you make your whole screen grayscale, right? Yeah, so that's what I do. So I don't feel like I'm not on it too much, at least not for long periods of time. Uh, Unattractive phone, huh? Yeah, Yeah, unattractive phone. There you go. Nice, cool. All right, Brandon, next All question. Right, next question. Uh, what foreign language would you, would you most like to learn and why? So not including English, because I kind of know that one. Spanish, because I'm closest. French, because I want to sound like everything I say is very romantic. Yes. German, for when I get angry. And, <laughs> and Mandarin, because I just think it's very practical because a lot of, you know, I think it's like the second most popular. Or it might be the most popular language in the world now. Crazy. Wow. Good job. Wow. Well, well done. La- last question. This, this is an interesting one. What job could your company not pay you enough to do, Craig? Oh, this is a tough one. What job can sit on a beach? Just say Brandon's <laughs> job. I'll give you a better one. Yeah, whose job in bigger pockets would you not want to have? I would not want to. You know who I wouldn't have? Josh's job. Josh Dorkin here. He has the worst job because you sit in meetings like 30 hours a week. Oh, it's a terrible terrible job. job. Yeah, being a CEO is horrible. It's horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I I would not, I don't think I'd want uh, publishing coordinator Katie's job. Ah. I just don't think I'd want to be reading the same book like eight times. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, yeah, like I'm I'm a one-time book guy. Maybe, maybe twice if it's the next year or something like that. But yeah, I gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. All, All right, right, Craig. Thanks, well, man. that was the end of the round six. Let's get out of here. Right. Adios. Cool. Thank you. Ciao. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. 
Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.